Hello, everyone, and welcome to the General Movie Couch Blab podcast. Uh, tis a silly podcast today, since today we're talking about Monty Python and the Holy Grail from 1975. Um, this will be the first comedy we've ever talked about on this show. Um, and I'm here today I'm with my two hosts. I'm Tiffany. I'm Hope. And I'm Ben, and essentially we're just going to go over general thoughts about the movie and what we experienced when we watched it and some of our general things about the movie. Um, But before we get into that, what is uh, you guys' experience with this movie? Um, Well, when we watched it with a couple friends back when I was in college, it was the first time I ever experienced something related to the Monty Python troupe that's, you know... People like John Cleese, Terry Gilliam, etc., etc. I wasn't familiar with the original content in which they produced. I'd never seen the original series. So watching this for it was a massive eye-opener. You know, I got to see kind of the comedic genius behind some of the people, some of the different types of, you know, jokes that they would deliver. And all of them really, really knocked it out of the park. And then, you know, to my excitement, I realized that this is not the only thing in which they create in terms of their content. There's so, so much more to follow up with. So I think that was a major treat to see. Would you say this is like their most famous piece of work they've done? Oh, definitely. It's their most famous piece, but it's not their only piece. Oh, yeah. And like it basically in terms of the kind of content that they create, I probably would say it's about their best Um, Although there is a lot of other films that, you know, have been recognized for their, you know, creative genius from this troupe as well as the original TV show. So anybody that checks out this film would be more than happy, you know, checking out their original kind of content which they produce. Yeah. So Hope, what are your opinions about the movie in general? Uh, Well, my opinion, um, I saw the movie a lot earlier, like when I was really little. Um... And, like, I did think it was pretty funny at the time, but, like, I don't know what it is, but I would always fall asleep before the end, and I never actually got to see the ending to Monty That's Python the best and the Holy Grail. What uh, so ending? No, not, well, like, yeah, yeah like, exactly, like, uh, the part where they all get arrested at the end and the film just kind of unceremoniously stops, like, yeah. everything after the bridge scene with Tim would always, like, I don't know what it was. It's just, I would just fall asleep. But the rest of the movie, like, I enjoyed the humor. My sister could never get it. It was, I, I like, you know, English, a little bit subtle, subtler humor. Yeah, I think. I enjoyed it. An, if we get enough Patreon subscribers, we got to start selling a Hope narcolepsy shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Fuck basically, off. with a lot of the stuff that this movie delivers on, like, it's very, like, dry humor. So I guess if you're not really particular to that type of humor, you're going to struggle with it a little bit. But if you're willing to deal with a little bit of dry, sarcastic wit, you know, mixed into your filmmaking, then you'll definitely come to appreciate it. It's a lot of the jokes you're going to have to think a couple minutes more before you finally get it. Yeah, but uh, simply saying just like we could go all on about all day about how this movie is hilarious i mean but everyone knows that at this point uh but what i actually wanted to bring up was something i didn't realize until watching it again recently that i don't think many people actually discuss about this that often that this movie came out right in the middle of the 70s and it's obviously made on a cheap budget that's part of its charm and hilarity uh but it's kind of interesting the way it sort of almost acts like uh 
a comedy of itself, not just towards like medieval gimmicks, but to like exploitation films at the time. Because there's a lot of elements of an exploitation film in this movie, and yet it somehow doesn't come across at first as one. Mainly, I guess, because it's a comedy, so they can get away with doing a lot more. But, like, there's just so many elements to uh, exploitation films in this movie that I didn't even realize until I watched it recently. Because there's just, like, uh, a certain, I don't know, cheat charm to it, I well, would say. Well, how so? Because I... Can you, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I don't know what you mean by exploitation films. Well, again, yeah. it, it's it's going off, like, uh, themes from, like, like um, there were medieval-type exploitation movies at the time that kind of did the same thing, where it's like they try to dress the parts and look all the thing, but obviously with the budget, they couldn't really film, like, extraordinary battles or uh, big ex. ex- uh, landscapes or stuff like that they would have to result to like small models or like uh, budget cuts of like a lot of people standing shot type stuff um and even just some of like the jokes like point out like the uh loose ends and ties to like the filming of this thing obviously where it has jokes that make fun of the fact that oh they don't have horses uh, because they couldn't afford it or like they'll do jokes where somebody off camera uh, like is like changing something at the moment while the story's going basically they're breaking the fourth wall at points intentionally in this movie if the, if the credits didn't tip you off already on that yeah yeah uh like it does things especially the ending itself which again is like you s- see something off from the outside of the camera coming into the movie as an element to just stop it mid-production. Well, there's plenty of movies out there that kind of make fun of the fact that they don't have the budget to do what they want to. Does that necessarily qualify that as an exploitation film as well? Like, what singles this one out specifically? I think it's also, um, I also bring up the part where Lancelot goes on a murderous rampage. If you actually take a look, actually, at a lot of the deaths in this movie, um, they're made off to play for laughs, obviously, but there's, like, quick, really quick shots of, like, exploitative gore-type stuff shots. Like, it's when, uh, the rabbit kills, uh, somebody for the first time. It does, like, a subtle, quick little shot of, like, a giant blood that looks obviously fake blood, but it's, like, excessive amount just put on the body to, like, make it even more, like, over-the-top sort of thing. And this also goes, again, for the Sir Lancelot scene where he, like, starts killing a bunch of people. Oh, it's just in an excessive way. Um, and I see a lot of that stuff in, like, exploitation movies at the time where it's, like, something that shouldn't really be all that big and out splacious of a kill all of a sudden like shoots uh, gallons upon gallons of blood out of a well, person. Well the filmmaking industry follows trends so like keep in mind it came out during 75 and 75 was when a lot of those movies were at the height of their popularity due to the fact that you had a lot of exploitation films and you had adult theaters and all that different kind of stuff where you know that type of content would get featured so I think it uses it in a different way and in an effective one in order to make its story funnier. But that's not to say that, you know, while the filmmakers were making it, they probably went to a theater or they just saw the content that was coming out around them and it, you know, drew inspiration back into their work. Yeah. So, um, 
another thing about this movie is well, we, we talked about the budget, and surprisingly, they did get a, manage to get away uh, cleverly with a lot of like in jokes for based on the. He- with the humor based on their budget alone. As we mentioned before, they don't have horses in the movies, but they obviously have coconut shells that they just clot together. I actually found out that, again, the only reason they did that was they couldn't afford horses. Oh, yeah. I mean, every time that the film can't afford to do something, it makes you very fully aware of the fact in which they're like, we'd like to do this, but since we're stuck in the situation, let's bring humor out of it. One of the strengths of Monty Python is that you know, they do a lot to make you aware of what's going on in their, you know, studio, in their world, and they don't try to pull any punches from trying to be honest about, you know, how they feel about the filmmaking industry or just a lot of different situations in general. Um, they try to derive some sort of humor out of it. That's kind of where that, you know, British dry wet comes from. Yeah. Another thing being that uh, when we get to, like, the character Tim... And that, like, that's one of the funniest jokes in the movie, right? However, the only reason his name is Tim to begin with is because apparently John Cleese, who was playing Tim, didn't even realize that he had forgotten the name during the line read, so he just made it up on the fly. That was ad-libbed, and they just went with it through the rest of the movie. Given a troop like Monty Python, I'm pretty sure this wouldn't have been their first or their last time doing ad-lib. You know, I'm not aware of any other time that they've done it, but I'm pretty sure, you know, as long as the comedy is more important, they would just stick with whatever worked best. Like, because, you know, you can get those, like, sparks of genius in the middle of production that you just have to capitalize on, you know? Yeah, it's best to take it within the moment. But, so, what exactly do you feel, like, do you feel like this movie still holds up as well as it does, like, back, all the way back in 1975? Do you think it's gotten better over time? Worse, do you think it's, like, not as funny as it once was? Like, what's your general thoughts on it? I mean, personally, I think it still holds up because, like, it was, like, it had, well, technically, it was a low-budget film to start, so that, like, you know, like, we can recognize right away in the modern day that it is low-budget. Comedy-wise, there's a few bits that I'm not gonna get, like, the flying llama, like, the flying circus thing, like, the llama joke. Um, I'm not gonna be able to get that unless I've also seen that series, like, because they were probably, they were a lot bigger at the time, but, like, Today, if I'm just going in, just watching this movie, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get it without like further reference. But otherwise, like the jokes all land, timings pretty well. I guess it's just that movie, like it's just that ending where it just kind of peters out, and I'm like, Ugh, I'm tired. Other than that, I think it's okay. Well, that I don't, I don't know if half of that is just from the actual movie or from like your uh, track record of watching movies and conking out halfway. No, I, uh, I would agree no. With there. That's that's my opinion. You asked my opinion. There it is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not the first person to be kind of at odds with the ending. We watched this recently with our friend. Um, and at the end of it, he wasn't really aware that, you know, the ending basically concludes with, you know, the actor getting arrested and then it just kind of cuts to credits. Um, when our friend watched it, immediately he just says, wait, so where's the real ending? And he was just like, oh, well, that 
that is the real ending. And he got so mad, he went to Google to try to see if he could find out if there was an alternative ending he, and found he, out. He, he made us actually look up on the uh, extras on the Blu-ray to see if there were the actual ending was hidden. Because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't honestly believe that that was the ending to the movie. I mean, perhaps the musical would have uh, mixed a little bit better with him. I don't know. You know? <laughs> well, like, that's kind of so, part of the charm of it, is that it, it's so bizarre and out there. And if you're familiar with the original content of Monty Python, it just it goes for one place to the other because it's a series of sketches. So I can believe that they would just want to, like, end it on something that's so, like, out there and anticlimactic because it works for the humor of the film. Yeah. I mean, personally, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how else to end it. Like when I when I finally did see that ending, I was just like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense," you know. Well, originally, it in, was... in like in film canon, not actual time sense. Oh well, actually, originally, uh, it was supposed to end with somewhat of a big field battle scene. But again, as I've mentioned plenty of times already, the budget prevented that, so they had to come up with something. So they came up with the whole dead animator investigation. Uh, historian, the dead historian. Oh, oh yeah. dead historian. It was the right. dead historian. Oh, yeah, excuse me. Just cut that bit out. <laughs> no, leave it in. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have a flaw? No. Yeah, but basically... An error? An error in my podcast? <laughs> no, I'm perfect, don't you know? Yeah, but basically, I think, um, to summarize... The film still holds up pretty well. If you haven't had the chance to see it, please do. You don't really have to be a fan of the original Monty Python, you know, series in order to really enjoy it. Um, it it's the kind of film where you don't have to go in knowing about Flying Circus to really appreciate it. They planned it out to just kind of be, you know, something on its own and have kind of this, you know, full story together rather than a series of sketches like the original TV show. So you can appreciate it on its own merits at any point. Just on a quick note, actually, before we end this thing, uh, why don't we each go over quickly, just like briefly, just say, what's your favorite joke from this movie? Really, really briefly. Yeah. Keep it short. No essays. I would probably say my favorite scene from this film is, you know, it's a classic, basically, the it's only a flesh wound scene, mainly because they always get a kick out of when he starts kneeling and praying and the guy just kicks him in the face and then continues to, you know go through with their battle it's it's a really great scene you know i don't want to start quoting or basically you know describing it i think it's something that if you haven't had the chance to see it please go check it out it's you know one of those famous scenes from comedy that has to be seen to be appreciated i would have to say my favorite joke uh would be like the witch scene where they're putting her on trial and they're just like oh she's a witch she's a witch and she's just like no i'm not and uh the guy being all like Oh, I was a newt. She turned me into a newt. And he's just like, what? <laughs> got better. Yeah. I got better. I think, yeah, the timing was just really nice on that. Yeah, to... God, to think of my favorite joke, um... I mean, there's a bunch, but I probably would have to say... Uh, I just I just get a laugh every time I just see that Sir Lancelot scene running to oh, go yeah, save Oh yeah, he's running for like 20 miles in the distance. Through the cat, where he li- Yeah, and then he just pops up and starts literally <laughs> slaughtering everybody like in quick succession. And then it's even funnier that after that whole scene and they come out um, with the situation um, 
And he just starts about, he's almost like about to start doing it again. <laughs> but then, the, hopefully, thankfully, he got stopped that time. Yeah, I think my favorite thing is just because there's not really any music during that scene while he's running. They're kind of all just standing there minding their own business and just like, oh, what's that in the distance? The minute that he comes in and starts killing people is when the triumphant music just randomly kicks off. I think it sells yeah. the joke really well. Um, but like I said, honestly, the best way to appreciate any of these jokes is going out to check out the film for yourself. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, now you're probably wondering where you can find this. Obviously, you it's on Blu-ray. You can find it pretty much anywhere. It's actually a pretty easy movie to find. I mean, this is something you could probably even find on Blu-ray, like at a Walmart or Target. Because, like, anywhere you go, they usually have this movie in particular on Blu-ray at some somewhere. And for not that expen- not that much actually, because it's been a while uh, around a while on Blu-ray, so you can pretty much pick it up for cheap. Oh, um, there are some really really nice collections out there available if you're really interested. Like they have a lot of anniversary sets because the film is such a classic. Um, yeah. And so I remember recently they had a really nice anniversary set that came with like you know plastic model like sheeps and pigs and all the stuff that they're throwing oh, yeah. in the film. So that's probably the best anniversary set that's out right now if you're willing to shell out a couple extra bucks. You know, it's a nice little novelty gift to basically have. I personally like the version with the Japanese version of the film in there translated back into English so I can get the (laughs) real experience. Ah, yes. Watch Uh, watch it as it was meant to be watched, you know. Yeah, isn't there also, like, an extra that shows, like, the whole Camelot singing scene in Lego? Yeah, there is. Yeah, uh, animated seen... by a different company, of course, but, like, you know, well, done yeah, obvious. Yeah, obviously, that was made years before the Lego movie was even a thing, so... Why do you... <laughs> but it's Not everything it's needs so really to be funny. the Lego movie, you know? <laughs> I, I, don't, I think everything should be the Lego movie. <laughs> this world would be a better place. I don't want to yeah. live in that world. <laughs> They're, in each basically special edition that they make for the copy of their film, they add an extra nice little treat for fans to enjoy. I remember one of them had like this documentary section on how like to do the horse galloping noise with two coconuts. So like each time they make a new version of it, they add something else to the content of it to really you know bring a reason and a new you know life to the film itself. So, no matter which version you get, you're going to get a special treat. Yeah. The movie alone in itself is just a pleasure enough to have in a collection if you're a comedy person. Um, So, anyways, if you want to hear more from us, uh, you can support us via Patreon. And if you... Uh, if you at least support at least $5 a month, you can get extra content eventually that we'll start making once we start hitting those Patreon subscribers. Um, uh, with two extra things, such as movie commentaries and maybe possibly even TV episode commentaries, um, we'll also be doing a show called Girls' Night Out, where my two co-hosts here basically describe to me uh, a weird movie, essentially, that in any sort of case is pandering usually to girls, whether it be bad or good, it's, it's a good time to be had. Yeah, and yes. don't forget also to follow us on SoundCloud and YouTube in order to check out our extra content as well. Um, all those links are going to be in the description below. Yeah, good. come on guys. Don't you guys want to uh, uh, make that subscriber count bigger? We're already at a whole two subscribers. 
Make a figure, let's go. Yay. Wait, wait, we got two subscribers? Oh, that's, I mean, that's amazing that we have two already. Wow, this is it's really going. Yeah. Um, Baby steps. Yeah, well, this has been an interesting first week, but again, we're pro- going to keep doing this weekly. So um, we'll be back next week with our horror podcast on Monday, which, by the way, I don't think we actually mentioned at any point during our first ever podcast that that was the horror podcast for Monday. So, yeah, Mondays are, Mondays are the horror podcast where we're going to be talking about the 1986 film Vamp. Of course. Yes. It's a very good film. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. But that's for that podcast on Monday. So for right now, have a nice weekend, guys. I hope to see you guys next week, and I hope you guys can continue to enjoy our content. And thank you. All right, and thank you so much. All right, bye. Bye.